Hey everybody, it's Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Valley Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. Today our guest is Stefan Bahuniak. Hey, how are you? Thanks I for said it me. right. There you go. The, you know what I keep before you came in here? You ever see Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Where yeah. it goes, the Bohemoth. <laughs> for some reason, Bohuniak. I just want to call you the Bohuniak. That, hey, you can call me whatever you want. But is that your Twitter handle? Is that is it's it? It's actually the, the Bohuniak. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So I don't have an original thought. That's where I got that from. There you okay, go. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm lying. But um, Mr. Bohuniak is a member of the Seymour Board of Selectmen. Uh, you're a Democrat. Yes. And when were you first elected to the... I was just elected this past November. Wow, okay. So it seems like it's been like four years, but actually you're still relatively new. It feels like it, yeah. So, and I thought, you know, we have... All right, so I'm a journalist, right? This is valleyindy.org. It's the Valley uh, Naval Gazing Podcast. Maybe you're listening on WNH, WNHH 103.5 in New Haven or on SoundCloud or on iTunes or or whatever. But one thing we always hear is uh, we're biased. We're this, we're that. We're biased towards one party or the other. And most of the times, like, I, you know, I fight it. I say, no, we're not. And I get all angry. And I spend all kinds of times on Facebook trying to uh, defend it. But actually, I think Seymour Democrats could make the case that we are biased because we have Kurt Miller, the Republican first selectman in, uh, once a month. And we haven't, you know, we, we had the idea uh, the last time Miller was on. We, we got to get somebody else in here to yeah. perhaps pr- to present a, another point of view. And... Uh, you're perfect because you're new to the board, and I understand one of the things that you're trying to do or have done, you'll have like uh, meetings with your constituents. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, uh, every uh, every month, the last Wednesday of every month, I do what I call a uh, sit down with a selectman. Um, you know, I workshop some other names, but that's that's what's kind of sticking. And I'll go to just a, a local Seymour restaurant or bar, typically a bar. It's easier, um, and just invite anyone who wants to come talk. You know, talk anything, anything Seymour, any politics. You know, we get a decent turnout. Yeah, how do you get the word? How do you spread the word about that? Typically, I, um, you know, I, I email people who might be interested. I, uh, I always put it on Facebook, but you know, obviously, I'm not friends with everybody who, who might be interested. So I, you know, I count on people sharing it and stuff. But it's 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 definitely picking up. Yeah, when's your next one? Do you have another one it's scheduled? Actually, uh, yeah, this coming Wednesday. Okay. So and that's going to be actually at the uh, the Stones Throw down where uh, the Lake House used to be. Okay, so what is that? That's like, I mean, today's Monday, July 25th, so it's not this... Not no, it's, two it's di- coming up two days. Oh, two days. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right, all right. so get Losing on track it. Of what oh, day it is. <laughs> and the Stone's Throw is the new one on 34 that was the Lake House. You, Correct. Did yes. you just say that? Okay. Yep. Awesome. So let's talk about a little bit about uh, who you are. Uh, how old are you, first I'm of all? I'm 25. You're 25? 25. And you're, wow, that <laughs> says something, and you're on the Board of Selectmen at age 25. Yeah, that's correct. I don't even think I, I didn't even, I literally didn't know what a board of selectmen was at age 25. I was over in New York. I think I was just starting in, in newspapers. But uh, so are, were you born and raised in Seymour? Yeah, my whole life I've uh, been here. Just I went to UConn and that's the farthest I've ever been. So. And what year did you graduate? Did you go to Seymour High School? I went to or? Seymour High School, graduated in 09. So what made you, is this your first time in public service of any kind? Yeah, correct. Um, well, you know, I've always been interested in politics even before I could vote. Uh, I've always had, you know, kind of a passion for it. Majored in political science in college. Um, you know, kept kept enjoying it. And then uh, Paul Roy, former first selectman, reached out to me and he said, hey, do you want to come to a, a Democratic town committee meeting? He, he knew I was, you know, interested. And I've known How him. do you know you were interested? Did you have... Well, I, I've known him for a long time. Okay. Me and his son go way back. Um, so I've, I've known the family since, you know, at least middle school. Okay. And he's always he's always known that I've, I've been interested. I helped him out with some things and I would, you know, always be friendly with him. And so he said, "Hey, you want if you want to come through, we're looking for young people." And so, you know, I went to a a, me- a meeting and I was hooked. So, here what? I am. Yeah, all right, that's fascinating to me. I mean, as a reporter, we never really get 
uh, a completely uh, unvarnished look at the way like a local political party right. uh, works. Because you know you're a reporter, you're you're an observer. You don't get too involved. But what was it? So I, I have no experience about getting hooked on something like that. What got you hooked? Well, I had always wondered like what's going on in town. I I, I keep you know I read the Valley Indy or whatever other news sources would be available. What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Valley, you know, you guys haven't been around since I was. Yeah. Right, right, right. Too young, so. No, no. And hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm just. I'll do that a lot during this thing. <laughs> yeah. No. Wait till we get the justice of the. I'm going to grill you on this justice oh, of the please, peace thing. Please do. I'm the great champion of uh, justice. It of the smells peace like a scandal. Reform. Yeah. No, but go ahead. But uh, yeah. So I, I was always interested, but I never knew, you know, the function. I never knew how people got nominated or, or were able to actually run. So I didn't even know there was a town committee. So he invited me to the town committee. I went. Um, I saw that it was, you know, a room full of Democrats, some of which I, I had known, a lot of which I didn't. And it, it, you learned, I learned a lot the first day. You learned about things that are going on in town, things that you don't hear about so much, and just different people's perspectives. You know, there's, there's a lot of healthy arguments, um, you know, just a back and forth, which I, which I really enjoyed. And what, why do you enjoy that back and forth like that? Uh, you know, some people will say that I'm a little bit argumentative. Okay. Maybe, but I like to, I like to debate. I like to get, um, get a feel where people are coming from, whether I agree with them or not. And so you were nominated for the Board of Selectmen. What are we talking about? Like summertime? It was, a, it was um, probably last year, this time last was, year? It was or? This time last year, I believe it was, according to Time Hop, either today or the day before, something like that we officially okay. announced. But I, uh, it had been in the work for a few months before that. Um, it came up, hey, we need people to run for these positions. We have these people interested. And I said, hey, I want to go. You know, I want to dive right in. I want to get in as high as high as I can and, you know, see what happens. So. They they nominated me for board of selectmen and were you surprised that that you that you won? Was it uh, did you did you think you'd make it? Because uh, it was your first run at political office, and I just know in general, and, and I could be completely wrong, but in my experience, you know, it, it, when someone's younger, uh, their their name might not be as well known, which is so hugely important on the local level. But you went in, you you did it on your first try. Right. Uh, did, did that surprise you or? You know, it's it would be nice to say, oh, I, I knew it all along. I was I was going to get in, but that's that's not really the case. It's, it's funny because you look at it like a national election and you could, and you could analyze it to, to any extent and there's always more an analysis to be done. At a town election, there's not, it's a lot of uncertainty. You don't know how it's going to break come election day. But I, I thought I, I put myself in a very good position and I, I figured I was going to be right on the cusp, which I was, and I was fortunate enough to get in. And was it, uh, I mean, we always hear... Whenever we interview a politician uh, after they've been elected, they always attribute it to knocking on doors. Was it actually uh, knocking on doors? Do they give you a pill you have to take that makes you say that, or was it is it the truth? No, they don't. But that's absolutely one hundred percent the truth. Um, it's th- that that would be the number one thing I could point to. I, I knocked on as many doors as anybody, and I, I really went up above and beyond to try to make a connection with people, and I, I think it put me above. And in terms of uh, one thing that's uh, interesting from a reporter's perspective about Seymour, uh, which is probably why, I mean, we don't go, go to every board of selectmen meeting because you look at the agendas and there's, it's easier in some of the other towns. You're like, oh, there's going to be a fight over this. Yeah. There's going to be a big debate over this. Right. But Seymour is much more, uh, I don't want to say civil, but there's there's definitely not as much uh, hot button issues that's sharply dividing right. uh, the town. I mean, I guess the, the biggest one over the last couple of years just would have been education funding, mm-hmm. uh, which really didn't divide the town, but it was hard to get uh, uh, budgets passed. 
Uh, is there anything going on like right now? That maybe I, maybe I don't know about it. Maybe it doesn't make the agenda. Are there any uh, issues that are of concern to you in the town of Seymour right now? As we sit today, I think at our next meeting that might be an interesting one to to attend because we will uh, we will be debating which roads should take priority in terms of um, you know, paving. Them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we actually just were presented with a very thorough report from the town engineer who traveled every road in town. I think there was like 170 or so. And he, he actually assigned a grade, him and his team, a grade to each road and uh, prioritize, prioritize each one. So we have this, this massive report that we're, we're pouring through now in preparation for our next meeting. And at least half of the, the roads graded out at a C or worse, which means they need to be, they need to be addressed. The total cost of addressing all of those would be 35 to $50 million. Whoa, which, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So we do have to prioritize and look at what, what we need to do first and will so this be going to uh, a referendum a bond a bonding of some kind it, there will yeah there will be bonding because we're looking at right now about i believe 10 million dollars of repairs over the next three years wow okay so that's that's what was recommended and that could possibly be a vote held in november are you are you shooting I the town shooting to get it on the ballot by then i think we're looking yeah i think we're looking for november don't don't quote me on that but that's i think the plan right now okay and so the next meeting will be starting to dive into this and, and you know kind of argue which roads deserve it and when is the next meeting uh it is i believe august 3rd it's the first tuesday of august okay so in about another week or so yeah something like you'll be talking about mm -hmm. paving roads all right what's with this justice of the peace thing i saw this okay. is the big this is the huge <laughs> one tell us the bohuniac on twitter <laughs> what's going on with these justices of the peace you know, the register wrote a story about it that means it's news it's, yeah huge news i don't think there's been a story like this in seymour in you know 100 years so basically what it is is if you're familiar with what a justice of the peace does, their main function is they marry people. They can notarize things. It's, you know, simple things. Run drugs. No, I'm sorry. They can I'm do just, whatever I'm they want, just, I guess. I'm just throwing in cheap <laughs> Well, cheap we learned, laughs. we actually all learned some of their other functions at our past meeting. But anyways, the town had limited the number of justices of the peace to 20. And the interesting thing about that is that you have to have even numbers of Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. 20 is not a number divisible by three. So that that leaves it goes back and forth between Democrats and Republicans. How did this issue even one? come to the surface, though? Like, where where who was worried about who was staying up at night worrying about how many justices of the peace they were and whether it was divisible by three? I, I could tell you it wasn't me. Um, Miller, I, it was Miller. Yeah, it's always him. Anything right. anything negative is is definitely him. <laughs> but we uh, there was I guess a demand down at town hall. Some people wanted to, to become justice of the peace and they didn't know the how it how it worked. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So. The Ordinance Committee, which is Kurt, uh, Nicole Clarice-Dietrich and Karen Stanek, they decided, let's look at this. And what they presented was, let's go to 45. Let's go to a total of 45. So 15 Whoa. from each. They threw, the, they threw the gauntlet there. Double. Yeah, well, a little more than double. Wow. So let's go to, let's go to 45. And that sounds good. Um, but my thought is this shouldn't be a political party issue. Um, the Democratic Town Committee and the Republican Town Committee should not be determining... If, if 18 people want to be just as a piece, they shouldn't be cr uh, cutting that down to 15. I, I think it's just totally a non-political issue. So I wanted to put it at a number that's high enough where we won't have to deal with this again. And it'll take the political party right out of it. So, you know, I suggested just going all the way to the limit, which is 1,300 and something. Thir that, how many people live in Seymour? <laughs> About 16,500. So oh, okay. It, it's a little bit of a ridiculous number considering, you know, we have 20 now. So the board ended up, kind of coming around and and we agreed 100 each so we're going to go to 300 and now we're going to put that out 
to a public hearing, the town will be able to come and make their comments on it, and then we will ultimately decide. And on that. that public hearing is coming up, I believe. That will right? also I... be on the third, the next Tuesday. Okay, next Tuesday. Yep. If you want to scream about or support uh, the, the expanding the number of justices of the peace in Seymour, just uh, show up at town hall. What differentiates the Republicans and the Democrats up in Seymour? Are there any uh, differences of philosophy on the local level between the two parties? I I honestly would like to say no, not on you know like our platform. It's not that big a difference. I'm a personal believer in there really shouldn't be Democrats and Republicans at a municipal level because it's so far removed from what goes on at a national level. Yeah. So people associate Democrats with one thing, Republicans with another thing, and then they go and they vote for their local leaders based on that, and it really doesn't jive. There's, you know, we, we aren't going to be deciding on, you know, the important social issues or, you know, financial issues. We're not going to be... Right, how you feel on a national hot-button issue right. doesn't necessarily reflect on what you're doing. I, f- I feel the same way. Yeah. I, I think towns get into some trouble, uh, and they become... Because they're almost divisive right from the get-go mm-hmm. when that type of thinking uh, infiltrates on the on the local level. Because basically everyone on the local level is working towards the same goal, which is often achievable. Yep. Improving your town, paving the roads, yep. trying to keep taxes... Stable, manage, good word, manageable, while bringing in uh, some local business. So exactly. How, how often does the does the board of selectmen talk about uh, like economic development and different ways to uh, bring in revenue? My feeling is not enough. Um, we do it is pretty pretty high on like everyone's mind because it's just such a big issue for the whole town because we we desperately need some some new economic development. Um, but it, it does come up from time to time, but it's it's not something that we are addressing daily. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. so I figured that would be something that because I know there's a there's a ten year strategic plan mm-hmm. which I guess the, would would address again mm-hmm. economic development in some way. Yeah. But there's not like a there's not like a subcommittee of the board of selectmen. No. And what about I, the other thing I was reading in the in the meeting minutes from your last meeting, uh, and I don't know the context of it, but uh, you had this idea to have residents meet with. Emergency services, maybe the police department or Correct. emergency management or yep. explain I'm that. actually going to be having a meeting with uh, First Selectman Miller and uh, I believe the director of emergency services in town tomorrow to try to bring this together. I think in light of everything, you know, going around that, na- going along nationally uh, with you know, the police and all kinds of first responders. My sister is actually a police officer in West Haven, so it's, it's pretty personal to me. I think it, it would be prudent to really sit down with our officers in some capacity, have the town invited, and just have an open dialogue. The town meaning like a like public? Yeah, oh, I, I, oh, like some, sort of, some sort of public forum. Um, I'm not sure what capacity it'll be in yet. We're going to try to hash that out tomorrow. But I think it, it's wise to, to look at that and, and see, because you know, everybody knows people who are just anti-police. Everybody knows people who are you know, pro-police. I think we need to, to find some middle ground. Interesting. And I, I think that'll help. And it sounded like everyone was was on board for that. Yeah, I was I was happy to hear that. And we had some uh, when we had first selectman Miller in here a couple of weeks ago. He comes in once a month to sort mm-hmm. of give us an update on what's going on in town. A few residents asked about uh, car break-ins and and some things that seem to be I mean, not major crimes. Thankfully, not right. you know not homicide or but but they seem to not be making. Uh, they weren't the, the police. It wasn't being responded to on, on I guess in a way people wanted to, in terms of communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, I guess, actively investigating, according to the first selectman, but uh, you know, th- there was never any statement 
do you think that could be another thing that could come out of uh, this meeting, or is it more just to show, sort of have an open dialogue with police? Or? You know, I, I think it's going to be an open dialogue, and I think that that's probably something that will be brought up because I know that that's pretty high on a lot of people's minds right now because there are a lot of car break-ins, you know. I know several people who've had their car broken into. It's it's happening all over. I know there's only so much that we can do to stop it, mm-hmm. um, as as I've heard has been discussed on this show. So, I think people want crime maps. That's what like New yeah. Haven, the New Haven Independent, our sister site for years. I don't know if they still had it. They had someone who volunteered their time, and they would uh, map out calls for service. Mm-hmm. And we tried it a little when we first launched the Valley Indy, but uh, because in can see more, for example, we would go and we would. Uh, we wouldn't put a, a number to the house. I don't think the police won't release that information. But it's much more difficult to map out like where crime was happening because it's such a small town. Right. So you'd have five all over the place, and it, it didn't uh, it didn't really work. But people seem to want that uh, information. At least what what we see in our Facebook page, people seem to want not just in Seymour, but but all over the valley. They don't want to just know the arrests. They're they're particularly interested in the unsolved. Property crimes of yeah. car break-ins, mm-hmm. uh, residential burglaries mm-hmm. seem to be the, the big two. And the way the we don't really get that information, and you know we'll ask if we hear about it, but uh, it's difficult for us as well. So so that should I be interesting. It. Yeah, and uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Well, yeah. let's switch. Like, I want to ask you a little more because uh, you know, uh, just some like like personal stuff. So you're 25 years old. You're 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 on the board of selectmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite movie growing up? Like, well, you're a movie guy. That's my favorite movie. I love Jaws. Jaws, Jaws the original Jaws. Yeah, love the Big Lebowski. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, there you go, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. I don't know how I knew that. Maybe I maybe I saw that on your on your Twitter feed. I may I may have said something about it. That's a great movie. That's a, I just saw something. Oh, there's that new show on AMC Preacher. Do you ever have you seen I, that? I one haven't yet? seen it yet. I've seen the previews. You know, my philosophy with new shows, I, I wait till they get at least a season under their belt because I, I don't want to be burned by shows being canceled in the middle. Right, so right, I, I right. like to see if they, if they can catch on before I'll jump into it. The reason I bring it up is because there's a there's a couple of lines there. It's odd where there's like a, a, a you know one of the guys in the in the show. It's actually a pretty good show. I'm impressed. I didn't think it would be good at all. I just watched it because uh, I was just running out of things to watch. And I'm like, right. I, like you know, if I'm going to commit to a to a show, like I'll wait till they do nine and then I'll watch them in a day on the iPad or whatever. Right. But there's a vampire on the show. This is an AMC show about, uh, you know, whatever. Everything's about vampires and zombies. <laughs> but the guy keeps talking about how the Big Lebowski is overrated. And I'm just like, whoa, I've never, this is, this is fighting man words here. I've never seen anything like this in, a, in pop culture. But it's like, it's weird. Like, the older I get, everything I liked as a kid is now uncool. That's actually happening to oh, me. Wow, really? Yeah, which is bizarre, which is bizarre. Like, I saw it happen to Billy Joel, where suddenly Billy Joel went from, everyone loved Billy Joel. And then something about like five or six years ago, suddenly Billy Joel wasn't cool. Well, and now the whole thing's happening with grunge. Means anything, I, I love Billy Joel. Billy Joel's, you know who loves uh, Billy Joel's Ethan Fry in the, in the, Good man. In, Good in man. the room over there. And I, usually I do this with Ethan. Did Ethan just yell, it's a lie? Yeah. Ethan's. <laughs> we, uh, we, Ethan Fry is the other reporter here, and usually we have him uh, in, uh, mm-hmm. on the table here to do this podcast, but he's uh, reporting news uh, as we speak. Uh, so he could not be in here. So I figured, why not take a, a cheap shot at him? Hey, <laughs> what about the other thing we wrote about in Seymour last couple of weeks was this historic uh, property. Mm-hmm. I'm not describing it right, but it's a it's a local law that could delay the destruction of yeah. a, of, a, of a historic structure. It, where does that stand? I guess that's at an ordinance committee. Is yep, that that's a- that's in the same at the same level that the Justice of the Peace is at. Uh, it's going to be at the town hearing on August third. 
Uh, the town will get to weigh in on it, and then the board will move to either approve or deny it. I think I think we'll approve it. It's kind of a no-brainer. There's I don't think it's a very controversial issue. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it seems pretty uh, on its face. Although I know it came up in Seymour a couple of years ago, but never seemed to go anywhere because right. we were looking through our archives where when uh, the, the, the old building had been torn down, house door down where in front of Villa Bianca mm-hmm. to make room for the, for the new restaurant that, that's there, which is a beautiful restaurant. But uh, at the time, Seymour had talked about that, and then we realized, oh, it never... It, it, yeah. I think it just lived on our, on our website for a couple of years and, and never went anywhere. But you're confident now it'll, it'll yeah, move I'm, forward? I would say it's, it's very, very likely to, to go through. And how are, how's the, uh, the, the Seymour Democrats now uh, as a political party? I mean, we're still a relatively new mm-hmm. uh, website. I think when we launched, uh, Bob Koskolowski was the first selectman, mm-hmm. and then Paul Roy came in the Democrat and uh, 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 defeated, him. yeah, defeated Koskolowski mm-hmm. and, then, and then Kurt Mill. I couldn't think of the word. Unseated. unseated it was, and yeah. I, think, I guess it was considered an Overthrew, upset. maybe. Overthrew, yeah. There was a coup d'etat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I remember, and, and I could be wrong, we were too new, we, we didn't know the history of Seymour, whether it's a traditionally a Republican town or, or a Democrat, but I remember there was a feeling that when Paul Roy had defeated Koskolowski, that was sort of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Miller came in, and now he's been very strong in terms of just mm-hmm. the first selectman seat uh, a, a couple of times. I right. think the Democrats didn't run a candidate uh, a few years ago. Is that what it was? Three years ago now, yeah. So uh, is there been this? But then I was at that, I, I must have been there when you were nominated, mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a whole bunch of uh, uh, sort of it was really like it was a nice feeling in the room and there were a bunch of new people involved yep. in the Democratic Party. Where does that what's happened since then? If we could revisit the state of the Seymour Democratic Party. I, I think the party has actually been getting stronger since then. That kind of started a ball rolling. I think we realized now I wasn't on the town committee back when we didn't run a candidate. But I think at that point we were a little bit not down, but we were not as as strong as we should have been um i think getting a, a, a i thought what a strong candidate at the le- this last time around in a strong slate and some new faces i think that really kind of revitalized the party in town and since then we've added you know a bunch of new members some younger members we're, we're becoming a much stronger i think a much stronger unit and i i think it's tough in this town because it's split pretty evenly democrat republic republican and there's a lot of independence but it always trends republican if you look at you know, Seymour went for Mitt Romney. They they always tend to, to be a little bit Republican. So the we independents to, walk over to the Republican tent essentially. That's that's how it uh, how it shakes out usually. So we need to to get it back on even footing, I think. But I think we're definitely working working that way. And what do you see as the toughest uh, issue or challenge facing Seymour right now? I think it's the the lack of economic development. I think we have far too many properties, as prominent properties that have gone unfilled for far too long. Although it seems, you know, I saw uh, someone had a comment last time. We always ask, uh, or, or we ask when Miller comes on, first select when Miller, we'll ask him about Tritown. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, it's like when we first launched, that's what everybody talked about, you know? So I think it just sticks in our head as, ask right. about Tritown. Well, yeah, like well, when, you, when you're out of questions, just, so just, important. just throw in Tritown. But then a, a reader pointed out that, oh, wait a second, if you look up towards the Seymour Industrial Park there, where right. uh, Basement Systems has that massive, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess they're unveiling uh, Tuesday, uh, July 26th. Uh, I'm just getting a text message saying my kids are in the parking lot. They want to show me something. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but there is some economic development happening uh, True. up that way. Uh, when you say some of the, the the properties that are undeveloped are just sitting there, what what are some of those? I mean, if you if you look at the wire company, the um, oh, uh, who's the, the wire? lumber company lumber yard, right okay, next to yep. each other, you have two properties there that 
are empty. That's, you know, right in the middle of downtown. That would be a great spot. I understand that the asking price is not where it should be. Um, obviously, Tritown. We have some other, other lots that, you know, say for development, but there's really been no movement on them that, that I've seen. Okay. And just getting back to your uh, service on the, on the uh, board of selectmen, are there any particular issues that you've adopted yourself? Are there, is there any, uh, anything in town that you bring up at these meetings to sort of uh, to highlight or, or push forward? Right, yeah. I think there's a couple things that I'm passionate about. One of them is, is making our parks as good as they can be. Um, if you look, I've suggested eliminating uh, smoking in all the parks, passing an ordinance that, that bans smoking in the parks. You go to you know pretty much every park in town and you see cigarette butts all over the place. It's not it's not a good look for the town, and I think most people would agree with that. So that's something I'm pushing for. Another thing is we don't have a single basketball court that I would call you know up to par. Hmm. We have several basketball courts, and you know you'll go to one and the 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 hoop is crooked. Another one there's just too many cracks in the playing surface. Another one there's you know dilapidated chain chainmail nets and you know rims that are are crooked so i would like to see the town invest in one at least one very nice you know up-to-date uh basketball court i think that would be a big so a big gain for the town. repair renovate or, or do something with basketball mm-hmm. courts and what was the first one you mentioned i have um, the phone rang and i and i got uh, i got distracted well your, your other issue it, it and same with staying in the parks, uh, cleaning up smoke cigarettes. No smoke. Yeah. I apologize. So, what do you do? How does someone uh, new to the board of selectmen, and uh, the Democrats have a minority on the board? Correct. correct. There's two of us. Okay, so you and Karen Stanek. Correct. How do you uh, try to make those things happen? Well, we have our selectmen public comments, and that's the the vehicle we typically use if we have something that we would like to see happen in town. Otherwise, you could always, um, you know, meet with Kurt. Or you know, pass a message along to Rory Burke, who you know, and there he's he's very receptive to our ideas. We haven't seen a lot of them really go through, but it's always you, you get you get the time of day, which is nice and different than and yeah, in some other towns mm-hmm. you you might not even uh, get in the door. Yeah. So what's it like working with the first selectman? Is the first in terms of like the power structure in the town of Seymour? Is it a strong first selectman? Is it does it, is it for anything to happen in town? Does it have to? Does it have to get a blessing by the first selectman? Is that sort of the way it, it's always been, or is it because Miller is some kind of uh, heavy-handed? Uh, no, I don't think that's... I'm kidding at that heavy-handed <laughs> I don't story, think that's necessarily the case. If you look at, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the new senior housing building that went, went in downtown. Yes. That was a planning and zoning um, Do you hear about decision. that a lot? That's on our Facebook page yeah, you, all the time. You hear about it very often, and it's there's unfortunately nothing we can really do about it. At What's this your point. take on it Like when you when you just drive up and see it. And then we're talking about uh, Mr. Magani, uh, architect who is often credited with breathing life into downtown Seymour by bringing in uh, antique shops. And uh, basically, uh, he's established a little incubator up there for people to come in and try out new businesses uh, in Seymour. But he's building this uh, uh, senior housing structure, which is tall for downtown Seymour. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's it's been controversial. We've we've had people on a past podcast to talk about it, and it's always you'll see you you know look at social media. There's there's criticism among residents from what I see saying like this this does not fit. But so what do you when you when you're driving in your car and you yeah. come up to it? Uh, I I would agree with that assessment. I don't think it fits in downtown. Um, it's we 
for better or worse, our downtown is is kind of a unit. It's you know it's the antique district. People come from all over. You actually will have people coming from all over to to go to the various antique shops. It's nice. It's a charming downtown. Yeah, and it really then, is. We should say that it is a. And then it's you a nice know, we have this big. It, you know, I wouldn't call it a monstrosity. It's not that big, but it's it it just juts out, and I don't think it it's really going to look very good, to be honest. And have you ever talked to? Uh, I mean, we we're just bringing this up. We're winging it. This it isn't planned. But uh, so Mr. Magani's not here to to, to talk mm-hmm. about this. But have you ever reached out to him to talk about? Uh, the, no, that I haven't or? personally. Everything I've heard is that there's nothing the board of selectmen can do at this point. It was a planning and zoning issue for for years, but years ago. And getting back to like, does the first selectman have all the power? No, because planning and zoning approved this, and it's that's all they needed. Do you think, okay, here's another question. This is, I mean, I'm looking forward to the, uh, uh, not that I'm happy. I mean, I'm just looking into the future when, if Kurt Miller runs again, uh, that's probably the only hot button issue that I've seen recently in Seymour. And it's sort of like you're saying, people may not realize, people just see that building Mm -hmm. and they don't say like, okay, well, that was first proposed in 2008 and the construction didn't start until uh, recently, but the approvals from that were a while ago, but they just... I'm blaming the guy in charge. Right. Uh, do you think that'll actually hurt Kurt Miller's reelection chances? And are the Demo- do you, does the Democrats, do you guys talk about it as something we should take advantage of that? Because that's an issue people are angry about. And it's Democrats have definitely talked about it. We were definitely in agreement that it's not a good thing. You know, it's, it's fun to be able to have something on the, the opposing party, but I don't know if you could put the blame on Kurt for this one, because like I said, it happened actually before he was even first selectman in, it went through planning and zoning. You know, they got all the necessary paperwork. So it's something that you could bring up as a campaign issue. I do think it will hurt him for better or worse, but it's not something that I'm going to feel very comfortable, you know, throwing at it, throwing in his face. So I, I, I won't be using it. Do you think, uh, I know in some of the other, I mean, I started off as a reporter in Westchester County, New York. Uh, it was, it was really wealthy. Uh, you couldn't get anything built there. Uh, and I also in my writing when I would cover uh, planning meetings, planning and zoning in, in Westchester, I always cast the developer as a bad guy. I, looking back, I realized that as a young reporter, because everyone was so angry, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was quite a shift in tone coming to the Naugatuck Valley, where P and Zs are more willing to work with developers right. because the the revenues needed, as opposed to Westchester County, New York, where you know some of the people are you know they got. Toilets made of gold. Right. Donald Trump land. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think that could have... Is that how this thing got approved? Or do you think it was... They were... Gave too much leeway? Were they, did they give away the farm with this? Or... I, I think they did. I would, I would criticize uh, the PNZ board at the time. And to be honest with you, none of them are on the board now. So to criticize a private citizen is a little... Not something I'm, I'm interested in doing. But I, I think that... If at the time people realized, if they had the foresight to be able to see what was going to happen, I think they would have taken a lot more heat. But again, this this goes to the issue where people aren't as aware of what's going on in their community as necessarily they should be, I think. And that's another thing that mm. is one of my priorities. Um, so that's why I do with the sit down with the selectmen. That's why I 
I post everything I can on my Facebook page to. So I have some of the the best informed friends around who otherwise have nothing to do with. I know I'm going to have to friend you on Facebook yeah, because absolutely. when I look back to that uh, uh, that development, we had no stories on it. I think mm-hmm. we did one story that I assigned to an intern at one point, and it had been going on and on and on and on. But it's just the media and the way we communicate now is so much different. Yep. I mean, you know, 50 years ago, maybe it would have been in the Evening Sentinel because they covered every single right. meeting. But uh, now it takes a lot more work, uh, you know, and I always get amused when people say, ah, the media is this, the media is that, but the media is now Facebook. And I would argue that the people, I mean, Facebook, if you have a Facebook account, you're part of a media company that has a larger reach and is able to inform more people than the Valley Independent Sentinel ever will. And I'd argue it it reaches more people than the New York Times or the Washington Post. Absolutely. Uh, So I don't want to hear that anymore. Ah, the media is this, but but it's interesting. So do you think, has there been any talk or uh, is this something now like the P&Z is aware of where, oh, we we, we got to, everyone looks at that and says, okay, let's pay more attention to what's going on on that level? I think, I think definitely. I think they realize that their actions can be brought to light. And uh, which maybe necess- they hadn't been in the past. So I, I think not that, you know, in recent days I, I've had any issues with something they've done, but I think that they are definitely aware that what they do can be controversial. And I think that kind of is, is something that they're they're thinking about. Mm, and I guess I, you know, we, we, another thing we used to do when we first launched in uh, 09, we would do they're building what? And it was a Google map. And we would yeah. just go through all the different p and z applications and seymour shelton oxford and sonia derby and we would map out this has been proposed here this has been proposed here uh but from 2008 to 2010 or 11 there was nothing being proposed uh anywhere so i think that's one of the reasons maybe we were all lulled into not paying attention at all not that uh, the seymour p and z past or present were malicious in any way Mm -hmm. sometimes people make mistakes or if they don't hear from the public they don't hear any opposition you try to work with a developer to get something built, bring in new uh, uh, tax revenue, and, and that's how these things sometimes happen. Well, if you think about it on its face, it's it's senior housing. That's not something that people gonna are going to be very popular to to say. Right. Oh, we, we shouldn't. We don't need any of those seniors. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. you also hear people say, "Oh, well, couldn't this been a, in a better place?" But at the same time, the town can't be going out and purchasing million dollar parcels of land because somebody wants to put up a a development. And, and the same as the developer can't be purchasing those either if the money's not there. So. It's it's tough. It's a tough situation we're in, but I think what hopefully this could lead to is more people being aware that there are other boards and commissions. You know, there's probably a lot of people in, in town that think there's a first selectman and he just he decides everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't know that there's dozens of, of boards and commissions, some elected, some appointed, that actually have a lot of sway in town, and they they can make differences. So something I try to do is I try to be at as many meetings as I as I have time for. Um, obviously I'm at all the selectman meetings, but throughout the budget process, I went to, you know, every board of finance workshop, all their meetings I've been at, you know, planning and zoning, zoning board of appeals, economic development, all, all kinds of boards and commissions. And you learn, you learn what they're doing a little bit beyond, um, just looking at the minutes. Mm. So I, I think that's a valuable thing for people to do. And the more I can tell people that that exists and the town can do that, I think that's, that's a huge benefit to the town. Okay, Stefan. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up this uh, edition of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast? You know, I think uh, this was a, a good discussion. I think I've gotten 
got my point across. You know, I think so too. Yeah, it was a good it was a good talk. Totally unrehearsed. Uh, yeah. We didn't talk at all about what we were going to talk about. So <laughs> there's always what you, you know what you you could have said and what you should have said yeah. and then what you said. I mean that's yeah. that's the story of my if life. If I could just uh, yeah yeah go I'd ahead. I'd love to plug Teresa Conroy, who is running for a re-election for the 105th district this fall. Um, being challenged by you, another member yeah. or uh, your fellow... Uh, uh, one of my fellow selectmen, the deputy yeah. first selectman, Nicole Claire Stitria. Right. But you know, I'd love to see you guys. I'm sure you guys will be covering that race. It's going to be it's gonna be a good one. But Teresa, somebody I had known a little bit before I joined the DTC, but once I joined the DTC, I saw just how passionate and committed she was to this community. Uh, I, I've honestly never met another person or politician at any level that is as dedicated as she is. And, you know, I think her record speaks for itself. She's brought a lot of good projects to this community, particularly Seymour. And the work she's done with veterans is something most politicians say they do, but something she's actually done. And I, I think, you know, her work with the opioid crisis right now, which I'm sure you've, you've yeah, seen a lot. Yeah, she's and that's, really been on the forefront of that. Definitely. And I mean, that's just a devastating problem. Some people don't really realize how big of an issue it is. But, you know, I've been personally touched by it. People that I know have been very affected by it. And she's, you know, so passionate about fighting it that, you know, we need more of that. And I think that Let me she, ask needs, you a question. she needs to be up there again. Uh, in terms of uh, Conroy's re-election chances, I mean, you look at all the polls and Malloy, Governor Malloy is extremely unpopular. Correct. Uh, if you look at our Facebook page, I don't know how much, uh, uh, you know, this isn't scientific, but he's, I mean, it's like, you know... Uh, He's almost villainous if you look at our Facebook page. So unpopular. Yep. Does that hurt Teresa Conroy's chances of being reelected? Because people seem so angry um, at everything. Let me say that I don't think it will because people in this community know her. Mm -hmm. She knows the people in this community. You go door knocking for her and you know she knows everybody at the door. She knows everybody's children at the door. Everybody knows what she has done. She has done something for, you know, thousands and thousands of residents personally she and another great thing is she has not been afraid to to go up against the governor uh when it's it's been the right move hospital funding it, she exactly was i mean that's something that's also very important her being a being a nurse um but yeah she's she knows how to call him on the things he needs to be called on and more more than anything she knows what this community needs and she's right there fighting for it every day so look at that i asked you for anything else and you you plugged a, a, a state rep, huh? Yeah, so that's, you're that's you're correct. a veteran politician. So when are you running for first selectman? Uh, that's a dangerous question. That's uh, not probably not anytime soon. We'll see. Within six years? Within we'll say within the next hundred years probably. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, if anybody if anybody listening in Seymour wants to get in contact with yeah. you uh, to ask questions about the town or get involved or, or anything, oh, is, there, I, is there like an email or anything you want to give? I would love it. You know, not to keep this going too long, but another thing I'm I'm very passionate about is getting more people involved, particularly young people, just because I happen to be a young person, uh, generally like re relatively speaking in town. No, dude, you're young. Okay, I'm a young guy. We could say that. Um, you know. Follow me on Twitter, The Bahuniak. Uh, I'm on Facebook. If anybody sends me a friend request, I'll be happy to accept Stefan Bahuniak. And uh, my email address with the town is sbahuniak, first name, last name, at Seymour. SeymourCT.org. You know what? When, when this comes out uh, in the text, I'll put all mm -hmm. that information within the text. So if you missed that, uh, just valleyindy.org and uh, look down. And I'll put it in like the description Great. on, uh, on yeah, all that. And so. I love uh, love hearing from people. That's you know I love door knocking. It's really something I 
I really like doing and I like having my sit downs. I like when people come and ask me questions, whether I agree with them or not. I just, I love talking to people. I love hearing their perspectives and, and I love nothing more than trying to bring something that somebody brings to me up at a meeting and trying to get something done for it. And that's the essence of, uh, of government, especially on the local level. That's what I think. It's America at its purest and that's why we love doing what we do. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Eugene. All right. That's it. it. I'm Eugene Driscoll for Stefan Bahuniak. This is Valley Navel Gazing, and we'll see you next week.